0: Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. My name is Anna, and I'm Sam. And today we are getting into the filet mignon of the <laughs> Clone Wars. It's the Mortis arc. Yes, the Clone Wars season three episodes fifteen through seventeen, or as I call it, the WTFery begins. <laughs>
1: Yes, so how does it begin?
0: It begins with so much WTF, Sam. So much.
1: So season 3, episode 15, Overlords.
0: Overlords. Fortune cookie, balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. Mm. Pretty crazy. So, the Jedi Council has received a transmission from the Crithelium system using a Jedi distress code Mm -hmm. that hasn't been seen in 2,000 years.
1: Because it's an extinct type of flower.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Our faves have been sent to investigate. It's Anakin, Ahsoka, and Kenobi. They're supposed to be rendezvousing with Rex, but they both get to the same coordinates and they do not see each other. Nope. And then... A mysterious ship sucks them inside.
1: It is like two giant pyramids, butt to butt, and then they lift open and pull the ship inside. And inside is a magical realm of jungle.
0: A magical, beautiful planet, green hills, blue skies, fluffy clouds, and a beautiful, glowing, translucent elf lady.
1: Yeah, their ship won't take off, and this elf lady is saying, are you the one to Anakin?
0: And he's like, I don't know about that. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to take you to my dad. Her name is Daughter, by -hmm. the way. She has father and she has son in her life. And those are the men in her realm. Yep. She's taking Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan to see her father when there's a big rock slide. It's separating daughter and Anakin from Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. So Anakin travels through the darkness to a glowing monastery. And he goes and he sits at the feet of the master, who is father. Mm -hmm. And father says to him, all I want to do is learn the truth about who you really are a truth that you must believe in order to fulfill your destiny. Meanwhile, Ahsoka and Kenobi are being um harassed by sun.
1: So on this planet, as the day goes by, the seasons change. So the morning is spring and the midday is summer and the night is fall, and as night and storms come around, things get very dangerous. So the sun shows up, Obi-Wan pulls out his lightsaber, he turns off their lightsabers.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: With his mind.
0: It's totally, totally wild. And then as they are separated from each other, they go to bed and everybody is visited by ghosts.
1: Yes. So the camera zooms around in this cave where Kenobi and Ahsoka are sleeping. And it flies and hits Kenobi. And it's Qui-Gon Jinn.
0: It's Qui-Gon Jinn. And I screamed so loud. (laughs) I don't even want to tell you.
1: Importantly, extremely importantly, this is the very first canonical force ghost.
0: Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Indeed. It's very cool. The first important thing to know is that this planet is a conduit through which all of the force in the universe flows. The second important thing is that there are a lot of people seeking Anakin, and this is a very dangerous place for him to be. Mm -hmm. So that's what we get from Qui-Gon. Ahsoka is visited by a ghost, which is her future self. Yes. Warning her that there are seeds of darkness planted in her by Anakin, and she may never see her future if she remains his student and she has to leave. Mm -hmm. And then the final ghost appears to Anakin. While
1: he's sleeping in the monastery. While
0: he's sleeping in the monastery, and it is his mom, Shmi.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And she gets him to bear his heart to her, but it's not Shmi. It is not. It is Son, who has taken her form and is trying to manipulate Anakin to evil ends. Yeah. Yeah. So Anakin confronts Father.
1: Mm-hmm. Points and he, his lightsaber at him. He
0: does. He does, which, you know, is um, not as effective as it normally is because in these the kinds of situations. Because the Father
1: grabs it by the blade and turns it off.
0: Yes, And the reason that he can do that is because he's a force wielder, Mm -hmm. which is the term that he uses, so are his children, and they are so powerful that they withdrew from the universe, came to this weird spiritual realm, and he's dying, father is dying, Mm -hmm. and he needs to know if Anakin is the chosen one and can take over his role on Mortis.
1: So... He says, the father says, we can find out if you're the chosen one or not from this one simple test. Just take
0: this one tiny test for me.
1: So they go to this arena, which has like a cool yin-yang on the ground. And Kenobi and Ahsoka are picked up by the son and the daughter in their Enormous doom bird forms.
0: Yeah, so daughter can turn into a griffin and mm-hmm. son can turn into a big uh, zubat. A, yeah, a, sure, a zubat. A zubat, a gargoyle, I don't it's know. It's like a bat, right? Really. Yeah, yeah, a bat yeah. There we go.
1: And there, uh, the father tells Anakin, you have to choose.
0: Yes, he says, I've ordered my children to kill your friends. It's time to face your guilt Choose who you will save, your master or your apprentice. Mm -hmm. But this is Anakin mother-flipping Skywalker that we're talking about, so he chooses both of them.
1: Which, in fact, is the test, and it shows that he is the chosen one.
0: Yeah, so he uses the force of the entire universe to make son and daughter kneel before him, Mm. and then father says, now you understand, only the chosen one could tame both of my children. And he presents Anakin with the choice.
1: And Anakin says, I gotta do stuff. I still have stuff on my to-do list. I can't stay here. He's like,
0: I got a wife. Like, I got stuff to do. So, uh
1: the father says, that is your choice, but if you leave, your selfishness will haunt you and the galaxy.
0: And then the Darth Vader theme song plays as they try to fly away.
1: So they fly away, or so they think.
0: Or so they think. And this is when Altar of Mortis, the second episode, begins.
1: He who surrenders hope surrenders life. Mm. So Anakin's in the back of their little shuttle, and he's dreaming, and he sees himself. And he's talking, and then the self turns into the sun. And the sun is like, you should join me. And he says, I'll never join the dark side willingly. But then they wake up, and the sun is inside the ship with them. And they're flying away from the planet. The sun opens up the uh, door and throws Ahsoka out.
0: Gargoyle out.
1: Yes. And then he flies away. And Anakin flies after him in a super intense flight scene, but crashes.
0: Please, why can a ship never land peacefully? In Clone Wars. Anakin was
1: passed out. Oh earlier. my god.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: So there's a doom tower off in the distance, and Kenobi's like, I bet that's where she is, because there's nothing else on this crazy place. So Anakin starts heading that way. Meanwhile, Ahsoka is chained up in a prison talking to a goblin.
0: Is that what that is? Like a purple monkey rat goblin? It is a
1: weird little goblin with a super spooky voice. And it's going around and it tells her that she will never be free because the actual prison is inside
0: her head. And then bites her... Her veins turn black. Her pupils dilate, and it turns and her into eyes turn yellow. her eyes turn yellow. And this thing turns into sun. And he says, "You are mine now."
1: And Ahsoka turns into Dark Ahsoka.
0: Oh my god!
1: So the father tells the son that the son has actually now fallen to the dark side instead of being a creature of balance. And the son blames it on his father. And then pushes him down the stairs using the force. He says, I'm tired of waiting for you to be dead. Yes. So the daughter comes by and heals him. And the daughter's forbidden from interfering, or sh- so she says. So she leads Kenobi to a cave where there's an altar. And in this cave is the hilt of a sword. When Kenobi picks it up, it turns into a actual sword.
0: He who wields the blade can control my brother, is what she says.
1: hmm Meanwhile, Anakin is climbing this tower and he finds dark Ahsoka. Zombie
0: Ahsoka. She
1: is lit up and high on like horrifying Harley Quinn dark energy. That is such a good way to put it. And she attacks him and Anakin is like, I don't want to kill you. And he is fighting defensively, but it is a rough fight.
0: Ahsoka presents him with this choice. She Mm -hmm. says, join the son or he will kill me. Otherwise, you're going to have to kill me yourself. Yes. So this is just the arc of presenting Anakin with choices that he does not want to make.
1: And she says, and now the student will kill the master. (gasps) Y'all. So the daughter shows up, tries to stop them from fighting. The son stops her. And we end up in Ahsoka versus Kenobi and Anakin. And now she's fully force enraged and ready to go. And then the son and the daughter are fighting. And they're going back and forth, blocking force blows with each other, turning into birds, knocking each other out of bird mode. The father wakes up. Flings his kids out of the stained glass window, turns it into one fight and tells everyone to stop.
0: This continues to be such an effective plot device. We Mm -hmm. also saw people being flung through a stained glass window in the Night Sisters arc last episode, and it is the best. Don't
1: stand next to a window. Oh, and here's the moment. So Anakin is ready. He's fighting with the sun. And Kenobi says, Anakin, and flings the blade at him so that Anakin can stab the sun. Ahsoka intercepts it and hands it to the son. The son stabs the father with the killer force blade. But at the last minute, the daughter dives in the way and takes the blade and dies.
0: And then the father says the balance has been broken. Also, I just want to point out the son killed Ahsoka.
1: Oh, yeah. He just turned off his control over her. He just booped
0: he her on the head. He booped her she on dies. the head ding, and killed her. So as her last act, the daughter gestures for Anakin to give her light, her life force, to bring Ahsoka back from the dead and back from the darkness.
1: So they're both lying there next to each other, the daughter and Ahsoka. And they're both like one's dead and one's dying.
0: And Anakin is like hopped up on glow juice that he's transferring from the daughter into mm-hmm. his Padawan. And the father says, as the balance in the world crumbles, so shall war escalate in your galaxy. As my son has descended into the darkness, so have the Sith gained strength. I shall mourn all that I have done and all that is yet to be. Oh God. Okay. There's one more episode. Yes. It's Ghosts of Mortis. Mm-hmm. Fortune cookie. He who seeks to control fate will never find peace. So in the wake of this utter madness, Father tells Anakin, Kenobi, and Ahsoka that they have to get out of here. Or son will take their ship and he will go off into the galaxy and feed the Sith with all of his chaos energy. Mm-hmm. So Ahsoka's trying to put their ship back together. She's wearing these, like, mechanic goggles mm-hmm. that she apparently borrowed from Hondo Onaka.
1: Yeah, they're classy style.
0: They are classy. She's great. But Anakin says that he can't leave without the father's blessing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So he goes to him and then father decides that he needs to kill his son... To restore the balance, he needs to have two dead children.
1: Yes. Uh, The father also buries the daughter in her mausoleum with the sword.
0: Yeah. So father is telling Anakin to go ask the planet itself what Mm -hmm. to do because the planet is so strong with the Force. So Anakin gets to go talk to Qui-Gon again. Yes. But the son also has his aims on Anakin
1: So Qui-Gon's Force Ghost tells him to go to a a place that is strong in the dark side of the Force.
0: The well of the dark side. And
1: when he gets there, the sun is there. He's riding around on his little pocket speeder bike there. It's very funny because he just throws himself over into the caldera of a volcano and just flies along. He's got a mean look in his eyes.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. But when the sun intercepts him there, the Imperial March plays... And he shows Anakin visions of everything that will come to pass in his future. He sees Obi-Wan turning on him. He sees Padme choking. He sees the younglings dying. He Mm -hmm. sees Alderaan exploding. And Darth Vader's helmet hangs over him in shadow form.
1: And he says, will we bring peace?
0: He says, I will do such terrible things. And the son says... Join me and we will destroy this emperor that you see in your Mm -hmm. dreams. We will bring peace to the galaxy.
1: Yes. So
0: by the time Obi-Wan comes to rescue Anakin, he's dark Anakin. He's been zombified.
2: (sighs)
1: Yeah, and he says, I've seen that it's the Jedi who will stand in the way of peace. Yeah. And so they're all fighting. Kenobi calls Ahsoka, who's back at the ship, and tells Ahsoka, hey, that ship that was broken, we were trying to fix in time, and then decided to not fix, and now we're deciding to fix. Please make sure it is not fixed.
0: Please take the keys and throw them into a cornfield somewhere. So,
1: <laughs> So that's what she does. Yeah,
0: Ahsoka <laughs> cripples the ship, and then father comes to Anakin, and he says... If there's to be peace, what you have seen must be forgotten.
1: Because Anakin's up at the ship now.
0: Yep. He dongs Anakin in the forehead and erases everything.
1: And because the sun broke the laws of time, that is what has to happen. And so they need to defeat the sun once and for all.
0: Yep. So they have one final boss battle in the middle of the monastery. Mm -hmm. Father takes the dagger of Mortis from his son stabs himself the son rushes over to him father nods at anakin and in that moment when the father has taken all of his power from the son and the son is powerless anakin fires up his lightsaber and stabs the son through the back and the father And the the father because they're in each
1: other's embrace and this was the plan the whole time yes so the father knows that that is what he has to do and said, stay on this path and you will save the galaxy again. But beware your heart.
0: And then as father dies and our son dies, everything on Mortis shatters. A white light fills the screen. Mm-hmm. Anakin, Ahsoka, and Kenobi wake up in their ship. And it's like no time has passed. Because
1: and- Rex is there like, oh, hey, there you guys are. Yep. I was just, what was up? Yep. You've just been gone for a second on this, off the scanners.
0: And that is where the episode ends.
1: Oh, boy. Holy moly. So we had to go into a lot of detail on this one because the back and forth of the plot and then seeing what the chosen one prophecy means... Is so crazy in
0: this. Yeah, this was the Clone Wars going beyond the movies. I mean, this was Mm -hmm. cinematic in and of itself, but these were kind of unknown realms to me.
1: For sure. And there are two things that I noted here. One of them is that the son is voiced by Sam Whitmer, Mm -hmm. who is important because he voices Darth Maul.
0: Mm. Who we'll see a little bit more of coming up. He was voicing the sun. He was. He did a tell. phenomenal job. He's oh, so good. He's so good.
1: And then uh, two interesting characters were cut from this arc: Darth Revan and Darth Bane.
0: Yeah, who were supposed
1: to be communing with the sun down at the well of the dark side. They never. They made models for both of them, but decided to cut them at the end because. Yeah, they didn't quite figure out where that was going to fit in the plot.
0: Yeah, so I read that they wanted to kind of elder Sith to be advising the mm-hmm. Sun as he was kind of making his transfer from the dark side to the Sith, sort of. But it was going to break the mythology of Star Wars because once you have passed into the Force, like once you're dead, you can come back as a ghost, but you can't really come back in a corporeal form.
1: Right. Well, they would have been Force ghosts, but... Speaking of force ghosts, this is the first time we see one. And that is important.
0: Yeah. It is important
1: that Qui-Gon is the person who shows up as a force ghost.
0: Yeah. Do you want to start talking about Qui-Gon or where do you wanna sure. where do you want to start? Sure.
1: So what did you think about seeing Qui-Gon? Because that is pretty early in this one. You're you're in for a head trip, you see that craziness is going on, and then you realize that a lot more is going on other than these creatures because Qui-Gon's ghost is there being very mysterious.
0: Okay, well, my notes just say in all caps, Qui-Gon with a million N's. <laughs> like, that's my notes. <laughs> I mean, I was so excited to see him. Mm-hmm. I was excited because obviously he's my fave. He's my OG fave. And I feel like I was hoping for a little bit of closure for both Obi-Wan and Anakin. In The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon, there was a moment when he was both of their Jedi Masters. Yeah. Obi-Wan was his Padawan, and then he was sort of taking Anakin on as his mini baby Padawan. Yeah. So for Obi-Wan, I hope that this was a feeling of closure for him. But for Anakin, this is the man that took him out of slavery. Yeah. This is the man that started him on a totally different path.
1: And he's immediately incredibly deferential.
0: Yeah, he is. He calls him master. He is respectful. And there's this really, really beautiful back and forth that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon have about Anakin. Because Qui-Gon says, Obi-Wan, when he appears to Obi-Wan in the cave, have you done as I asked? Have you trained the boy? Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan is saying, I'm doing my best, but he is willful and he is chaotic and there is darkness in him.
1: Yeah. So... Qui Gon believed in the prophecy of the chosen one mm-hmm. in amongst his studies, and that one is not something that is like particularly popular. This comes to in Phantom Menace, Mace Windu is like anyone could be the chosen one, it's not like a huge thing. It didn't seem like a huge thing, and I feel like this is actually a really good way to talk about this. But as far as bringing balance to the force.
0: Yeah. And
1: and going through with that. But the fact that Qui-Gon is the one who tracked down Anakin as if he were some sort of seeker, and that was his quest. And once Mm -hmm. it was performed, then it was um, you know time for him to move on.
0: Then he could pass into the force knowing that he did what he needed to do. Yeah. So remind me, do we ever get the full text of the prophecy of Anakin's birth? The prophecy of the chosen one?
1: I don't think so. Most of the idea of the chosen one is actually explored here.
0: Yeah. So the chosen one will come. Mm-hmm. What I have in my notes is that a chosen one shall come born of no father and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. Interesting. So from
1: the power of the force, if if you imagine a force is on some spectrum between light and dark and then all of the force flows through this conduit of Mortis, then the father maintains the balance between the son and the daughter, the dark and the light. Although they aren't strictly dark and light, they're just drawn towards one or the other.
0: Yeah, everyone is very careful to say that they are creatures of the light or creatures of the dark. Mm -hmm. And there's even a moment, I believe in the first episode, when Obi-Wan is confronting the son and he says, you're Sith. And the son says, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I am more than that.
1: Exactly. Because the Sith are follow, are people who use the dark side and follow their rules to gain more power from the dark side, similar to how the Jedi use the light side and follow their rules to follow it. The father is in the middle and able to use both.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so as the father dies and the daughter dies and the son dies... Now that full spectrum of the Force is unleashed.
0: Yeah, so my question was that the prophecy of the Chosen One's birth says that the Chosen One will restore balance Mm -hmm. to the Force, which implies that balance is missing. Is, Is balance in the Force missing at this moment in time in the Star Wars universe?
1: So that's an interesting point. Darth Bane... Who is supposed to show up in this was famously the Sith who instituted the rule of two, mm. which is that there's only ever two Sith, a master and an apprentice. And we talked about this in the Night Sister mm-hmm. arc, as well as, I mean, it's talked about in Phantom Menace that there's only ever two, but mm-hmm. it's part mm-hmm. of the whole arc of the Emperor and Darth Vader when they're together as well. And so if you imagine that it is a balance between the two things and it will remain balanced it will be automatically balanced by the power put into it then by only having two Sith for an arbitrarily large number of Jedi only having two dark side wielders for a huge number of light side wielders those dark side wielders will have to necessarily be more powerful
0: yeah if they're vessels then it's like putting the same amount of Liquid in a thousand vessels versus two. Mm -hmm. And there's a great moment. I can't remember who says it in the episode. I think it's the father who says too much dark or light would be the undoing of life as you understand it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's
0: interesting that we get a thousand Jedi versus just two Sith. Mm
1: -hmm. And so I wonder if part of some crazy Revan and Bane... Plot thousands of years beforehand, because that's the time frame that these Sith lords existed, was to limit the number of dark side wielders so that the dark side energy got stored up in the conduit to force the son to become darker to kill mm. the father. So this was their plan being foiled by Anakin, actually.
0: What a what a headcanon. Yeah.
1: Whoa. Yeah. And it speaks to like the long-term plans that Sith have. You know, which is funny because they, like, at least the set that we've been exposed to, which is mostly Palpatine, Mm -hmm. as Darth Sidious, is like, I want to live forever. How do I live forever? And the answer is, like, through the Force and through, like, really dark technologies that you can infuse life into things.
0: So one of the major, major, major themes of this episode to me seemed to be as simple as dark versus light. Yeah. Right? It was very Tolkien-esque. It was like mythology made modern. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that a little bit because it's so prevalent and it's so much of the just the, the makeup, the DNA of this episode.
1: I have a note, which is when the daughter is refusing to pick up the sword.
0: The dagger of mortis.
1: Yeah. And I wrote, evil will always win because good is dumb.
0: Oh, no. Which is from the
1: canonical Star Wars Works Baseballs. But um, <laughs> but that is like the truth of good and evil, is it not? That evil will break the rules yeah, we'll and will stop get it away nothing. with it. And good will follow the rules. And so... Evil will win if it ever gets a foothold because things will ratchet in the direction of evil.
0: Mm. I'm glad you brought up daughter being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a lot of notes about the daughter and the son.
1: So she's the first uh, mortician that we met. So what's her uh, a denizen of mortis? So what is her?
0: Oh, okay. That's where you're going with that. That's where you're going with that.
1: <laughs> so so what's your your take on her?
0: Well, I kind of was considering the daughter and the son together because Mm -hmm. they are presented as very much opposite sides of the same coin, Mm -hmm. yin and yang, as it were. So... Okay. Just full disclosure. I'm a certified yoga teacher Mm -hmm. and I'm actually certified in yin yoga and also what we would call yang yoga. So we Americanize it as yin and yang, but it is actually yin and yang. Okay. I appreciate
1: being called out multiple times for that.
0: No, (laughs) I mean, you're fine. Like you're fine. I, I had to do a 200 hour teacher training to figure that one out.
1: And I had to do 20 minutes of podcast. Oh
0: yeah. (laughs) So yin and yang both are necessary, Mm -hmm. even in a single day, right? To be active is very yang. It's, it's heat, it's energy, like to walk around and move about your day. That's very much yang. And then to sleep, to relax, that's a very yin thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yang is light and heat and energy and masculine Yin is cold and dark and feminine and inactive, Mm -hmm. restful. So daughter and son are very much reversed from those ideas. Daughter is the light one and son is the dark one. Mm. And I don't know how I feel about those concepts like being reversed or even having genders at all. Like to personify the ultimate light in this arc as female and the ultimate dark in this episode is male. I don't know that I love that.
1: It does go back to the concept of like an earth mother. Hmm. That like a mother matron or a maiden matron crone is the source of life.
2: Right. Hmm. And the source
1: of dark of death would be the pursuit of power, which is, Oftentimes, more assigned a masculine ideal.
0: Hmm. Right. Interesting.
1: Although, also, we talked about this a little bit in Night Sisters that uh, Mommy T's whole jam is deception and that being an aspect of the darkness, whereas in this case, it's the sun who is the deceiver.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, there's just really interesting kind of like gender stuff going on in this arc. Mm -hmm. And I think I would be annoyed either way. Like if the daughter was the ultimate embodiment of the dark side, I would be annoyed. And I'm also annoyed that she's like the ultimate embodiment of the light side.
1: It would have been interesting. And it is actually in fact explore it a little bit later to have them be more abstract, Yeah, the, the aspects of the light and the dark.
0: Yeah, I think I might have preferred that because everything in this arc is symbolic and conceptual. Mm-hmm. And so it is interesting that they pinned these concepts of light and dark on these two very specific characters.
1: Now, something that I picked up was that there was a little bit of a painting of Kenobi being an avatar of the light
0: and oh. Ahsoka
1: being an avatar of the darkness.
0: Oh, say more.
1: So, um, they were going to be killed by their opposite number on the uh, in the arena.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I remember, the daughter was holding Kenobi, and the son was holding Ahsoka mm-hmm. in their Griffin and Gargoyle forms.
1: So there's a matching element there. The one who is working with the daughter. For what turns out to be her ends is Kenobi. And the mm. one who's working with the sun for what turns out to be his ends is Ahsoka.
0: Oh, I did not even pick up on that.
1: And like Kenobi is absolutely, you know, a rule following light side. Dude, the only person who, you know, he's he's the rule follower for everyone save Satine. And Ahsoka is, she has, according to her older self, the seeds of darkness in her.
0: I mean, when we met her in the Clone Wars movie, she made Anakin look unchaotic and put together.
1: Yeah, but that was still the characters coming into their own. And now, three seasons later, we see Ahsoka as someone who has... More understanding, more nuance, but she does have those seeds of darkness endure her because she is enabling Anakin's dark side stuff. Recall um, three episodes ago, two episodes ago in the Senate Murders, I believe, or the episode before when she's talking to Padme and says, oh, you know, you and Master Anakin get along are su- such similar minds. I see why you get along so well. For sure, she knows that there's a stronger connection between them, but doesn't want to say anything about
0: it. Yeah, she says that in Heroes on both sides.
1: Yeah. So she knows more than she lets on and has to deal with the consequences of that. And she takes a morally gray point of view, which for someone who is a Jedi, where they have to trot on the light to keep their powers, basically, it seems, then by treading on a darker point of view, she's skirting rather dangerously.
0: Mm. I absolutely love this idea that the daughter is kind of using Kenobi as her tool of the light, mm-hmm. and the son is using Anakin as his tool of the dark, because there's that image in the first episode, Overlords. It's the arena. It's Anakin's test, mm-hmm. and he's in the middle, father's above him, mm-hmm. and son and daughter holding Kenobi and Ahsoka are on either sides, and it's like this celestial chessboard. Yeah. And they're pitted against each other and they're using characters as their chess pieces. Like the chessboard is Mortis, but it's also the galaxy. It is. And it's daughter and son and Anakin on a chessboard and their pawns and father is this chess master directing this galactic game that has unbelievable consequences for the future of the galaxy at its heart.
1: Hmm. You know, Thinking of it in terms of Ahsoka is not the one who's being drawn to the dark, but Anakin, by using Ahsoka as a tool, is a really interesting thing as well.
0: Yeah, I wish I was good at chess. Like, I wish I could be like, yes, Anakin is the knight (laughs) and Ahsoka is the rook, but I just am very bad at chess. I
1: mean, in this case, they're all pawns, but... Anakin is the pawn who's in the last rank and is able to ascend to something different. Yeah, he's the one who
0: could cross the board and and get turned into a queen. Yeah,
1: Which would give him such crazy power. And so that's something that Qui-Gon says early on is that either Anakin is the chosen one or he's a real powerful kind of neutral force wielder and he is in in incredible danger
2: right Mm. now. Because
1: of where he is. On this planet where there's such strong force energy, which Kenobi talks about early on, he says, do you sense how powerful this planet is?
0: Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is the one who twigs Anakin onto it in the final arena. He says, use the planet mm-hmm. for the force. like yeah. Use it as a conduit for your power.
1: And that's what uh, Qui-Gon says as well. This planet is an amplifier. It's a magnet. It's mm-hmm. a conduit. It's all of these Things associated with power. Yeah. So it's dead now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So one of my notes just says, God dead? (laughs) Question (laughs) mark.
1: Okay. Are these beings gods?
0: Yes. Okay. So evidence that points to yes, the title of the first episode, Overlords. Okay. That's kind of what I got. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so like that is the science fiction adage that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. But are these just incredibly powerful creatures of the force which we mm. also saw in night sisters because Mother Talzin is an incredibly powerful creature of the Force who's able to do things that no Jedi could do. So we've expanded the universe to include these beings, which are incredibly powerful as well.
0: Yeah, and Daughter says something to the effect of, we are the beginning, the middle, and the end, the ones who guard the power. Mm -hmm. So that gives very little away about what their (laughs) status is and what the limits of their power is. Although
1: now that they're not sitting there acting as a conduit for the power, the power is up and down. It's all over the place. Who knows where the power of the force is?
0: Yeah. I just, I have so many questions about the repercussions of this episode and they feel so grave and so like the scale of them is so massive that I find myself wondering why this arc is in the middle of season three.
1: Well, this is actually a really good time for it because we're following on the expansion of what the Force is because we are going to continue expanding the Force in every direction.
0: Oh, Creatures of
1: the Force, yeah. That's really cool. Uh, in season six, uh, we have a really fun journey with Yoda. In Rebels, we have the Bindu. mm. And so there's lot, and I mean the the wild space. There's lots of really cool things with the force, and seeing it as something much larger than what the Jedi and Sith are able to do with it is exceptionally cool.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about foreshadowing.
1: Oh, and seeing Darth Vader's helmet.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And the Imperial March.
0: Oh, my goodness. The Imperial March was all over these episodes. Mm -hmm. There is so much in especially Ghosts of Mortis, but all across this arc is splattered, foreshadowing for episode three, for future movies. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess movies from the past, the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. There's so much. And... I kind of boiled it down to the concept of knowing yourself.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Let me tell you why. Yes, please do. So, when the sun is taking Anakin's mind over and zombifying him, is for that the dark, what happened? What do you mean?
1: Did he zombify him or did he give him a vision that and convinced him to give into his own internal darkness?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's absolutely what's happening.
1: Okay, because it's not like he mind controlled Anakin. No, he
0: he had to he had to physically take over Ahsoka's brain with some kind of weird force, dark venom to, to turn Ahsoka. He didn't have to do that with Anakin.
1: No, he told Anakin, this is what will happen. And if you join me, we can stop it from happening.
0: Yeah, so Anakin chooses to go with the sun because he believes he'll do terrible things. Mm
2: -hmm. He doesn't
0: need anything but the knowledge of his future decisions. And he decides to do the completely wrong thing for all the right reasons.
1: And that goes actually back to episode one, when fear is the path to the dark side. And it's, it's the fear of doing the wrong thing that leads Anakin to do the wrong
0: thing. Yes. The tragedy of Anakin is mm-hmm. that when he tries to stop these bad things from occurring in his future, he creates what he's most afraid of.
1: And that's what the father's last words are, too. Beware your heart.
0: Yes. Because, or you'll do this again.
1: And because that he does all these dark things because he foresees... Padme dying in childbirth. Yes, absolutely.
0: Like jumping ahead a little bit, because that's exactly where I went to. This is the same thing that Anakin does to try to save Padme in episode three.
1: And Palpatine convinces him otherwise this time.
0: Yes, absolutely. So
1: in that way, this is like an absolute foreshadowing of the events of episode three. And the same pressures still work on Anakin because he was forbidden to learn the knowledge. I know,
0: I know. Like, wouldn't Anakin have been better served by knowing?
1: I think not. And I think it's because, as this the father says, the son has broken the laws of time.
2: Mm. And
1: in order to recover Anakin from the dark side and put him on his neutral path, the father had to erase all memory of that because he can't remove that curse of knowledge.
0: So that's why my notes boil down to the power of knowing yourself. Okay. Because when you know yourself, you can subvert those instincts, your worst instincts. Yeah. Like we, we're going back to so many like ancient concepts and like very classic literature and mythology concepts. Mm -hmm. And so I feel totally justified in drawing comparisons to classic literature and film. Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings is like, don't give me the ring. I'll be too tempted. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore in Harry Potter is like, don't give me. Yeah, classic (laughs) literature. Sorry about that. But he's like, don't give me the Elder Wand. Like, it's too much power. And so they knew that about themselves and were able to subvert terrible things from happening Mm -hmm. because of their self-knowledge. But that was taken away from Anakin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's also a plot point in a book I'm reading right now by Timothy Zahn, who is famous for writing a bunch of Star Wars books called The Quadril Trilogy. Hmm. One of the subtexts. I like that. I do enjoy that, that knowing yourself enough to assume power or not is critical because Anakin does always rise to the occasion, right? He always will jump up to whatever presents itself to him. And to that end, he has and will continue to kill people in cold blood because it is in fact the right move at the time Mm
0: -hmm. by
1: his judgment because he thinks fast.
0: Yeah. So my question for you, Mm -hmm. does Anakin really get the chance to confront his own nature and learn what he needed to learn? The father dragged him and Kenobi and Ahsoka to Mortis Mm -hmm. to learn the truth about who he is. And to make a great choice. Did father then take that lesson away from him?
1: Yes and no. Because my read, and this is actually spoilers for Return of the Jedi. So oh, if you no. haven't seen a movie that came we out owe, in we Spoiler alert. At the end of Return of the Jedi, Anakin Skywalker throws Emperor Palpatine into the core of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. The second Death Star. And that is basically exactly what he did with the father and the son.
2: Hmm. It
1: was, I saw a lot of parallels and there's some of the, the things that they said, which I unfortunately did not note down are echoes of that thing. When he says, you'll save the galaxy again. I feel like the father is telling him when you become Darth Vader and come back, you will save the galaxy again,
2: mm. which is
1: the whole plot of the original trilogy, right? Yeah. So that is the, the other echo of this arc, is that this arc is an echo of the original trilogy. It's the whole Anakin Skywalker arc turned, yeah. fast forwarded, because he is good. He assumes a huge amount of control. He is tempted by the dark side. He comes back and sacrifices. Mm. And he sacrifices in order to help a son kill a father. Ooh. And then, you know, other things happen. But yeah, I got strong echoes of Return of the Jedi in this episode.
0: Ooh, I love that because Star Wars is such a family story. But also when you boil it down, it is kind of about fathers and sons. It is, yeah. And I love that parallel. I just, I kept writing down like family question mark, lineage (laughs) question mark. And I could not figure out what I was trying to glean about family in this arc. And I think you just pinpointed it. Yeah. It is a reflection of the family story that is Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess my thought was just that like the son was the one who really forced Anakin to confront the truth of himself, but the father could have done that by showing him the same thing and convincing him to join the light side.
1: But the father didn't want the light side to win either.
0: Mm, oh, yeah.
1: Because the balance has to exist almost in a state of ignorance. Because isn't that like um, one of the old arguments against like a uh, an omniscient, omnipotent God is that if God is all knowing and all acting and all wise, then how can there be evil in the universe? But also how can there be good in the universe?
0: I was writing down a lot of parallels to other great ambivalent forces, Mm -hmm. like immortals and gods and goddesses who don't really care about humankind. They're just there to do their like God stuff. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel more certain that the father is very much he is a conduit for that point of view.
1: So, did Anakin kill a god?
0: I kind of think so. But I think that God let him.
1: And it was part of the plan.
0: Yeah, it was part of the plan.
1: So now that a god or the god is dead, now what?
0: Exactly. There are so many questions <laughs> in my mind. Also, I want to know where the mom is. <laughs>
1: Perhaps because perhaps you noticed this as we were watching because it's a full moon yesterday. So Mm -hmm. I noticed this when we were watching the episodes that there were two moons,
2: Mm -hmm. which
1: was a little bit of a callback to the two sons of Tatooine where Mm -hmm. Anakin grew up. But they're inside this massive pyramid double pyramid-shaped spaceship, and it's a jungle with floating land masses on the inside, which has a day and a night somehow. Okay. It is definitely a metaphorical representation of their own idea of what things are. So the fact that both light and dark, both good and bad, are subsidiary to neutral is perhaps in their minds represented as something that is a parent-child relationship. And furthermore, perhaps... Anakin sees a father figure because he has no father.
0: You think that they might look different depending on who comes to Mortis?
1: I think, yeah. I mean, if if Chewbacca showed up, if a bunch of Wookiees showed up, I don't think they'd be all, you know, hairless like that.
0: Interesting.
1: It'd still be an ethereal place, but it's a metaphorical spiritual space. It doesn't have form or void.
0: That's neat. I would, I mean,
1: or... Or they're just crazy aliens, which is scarier. That Anakin killed God or that he killed a crazy (laughs) alien? I don't know that I
0: like either of these things. Yeah. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. And so, like, if you kill a billion-year-old alien who has the power to, like, take your laser sword and turn it off or just, like, grab it by the blade and be like, no.
0: Like, even if the alien lets you, I still don't like it. Yeah. I mean, this is such a deeply uneasy arc. Yeah. Man. Final thing on family, Mm -hmm. there is an incredible father quote. He says, you can't imagine what it's like to have such love for your children and know that they could tear apart the very fabric of the universe. And I wrote down Luke and Leia and also Shmi. Yeah. Because Shmi knew that Anakin was special. He Mm -hmm. was Unfortunately, for everybody who has to know this fact, immaculately conceived, mm-hmm. possibly by Midi Chlorians. Possibly by the father. Possibly by the father. <laughs> that just stuffed me right in my tracks. I did not even think about that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that.
1: I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. But so Shmi knows that Anakin is an incredibly powerful being.
0: And then Qui-Gon comes to her and tells her about this prophecy that he might be the Chosen One. Yeah. And now she has to confront that knowledge that she had a child that she loves who could tear apart the very fabric of the universe.
2: hmm
1: And proceeds to do so.
0: Yes. You
1: know, he Anakin, by this point in the Clone Wars, has reduced planets to ash, you know? And he will continue to do so for more years.
0: And he's even seen it.
1: And then... He actually becomes a bad guy. Yeah. Because he's still a good guy and still practices restraint. I know. But later on, the Tarkin Doctrine of the Empire is ruled through fear. And that is what they do by slagging planets. Yeah. So,
0: so just like the family reverberations mm-hmm. of this arc are just about powerful people that you might love knowing that they can do terrible and awesome things. Yeah. Terrible and amazing things. And you don't really have any control over the people that you love.
1: So I have a confession to make Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that a few times that I've watched this, and I've watched this arc many times, a few times that I've watched it here and there, I've really disliked it because I think that the immediacy of Anakin being the chosen one for the moment that he is actually the chosen one is more important than the you are the chosen one who's supposed to live in a space pyramid outside of time.
2: Mm.
1: But on this watch through watching it with an eye for detail and you know talking over it and really thinking about it it's more clear that this is a step along his path as opposed to the end goal.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's why it gets to be situated in the middle of season three versus it feels like it could be right at the end, right before episode three as mm-hmm. as just a double whammy of Anakin learning the same lessons and failing them both times.
2: So
1: up until this project, I would never seen the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And there is something at the end of that, right before when episode three turns on, that is also reminiscent of this arc with regards to big forces of good and evil and prophecy. Hmm. And so I think that's worth a watch as well. We should really watch that.
0: Okay, we'll bring it on the Patreon. Yeah. I I totally get where you're coming from. I thought this was a really astounding arc, and I thought it was really hard to talk about. And it was really hard even to formulate my own thoughts on everything that was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it is intricate and complex and there's lore and there's a real point of view too. So I almost finished watching this arc and was like, okay, well, this arc did all the thinking for me. Like I don't have anything else to contribute to the conversation.
1: It asks a lot of questions and answers very few, Mm. which is also why they presumably cleared off some of Anakin's memories because otherwise he'd be like, I need to go spend a lot of time in a mental institution. (laughs) Oh. I don't think he would do that. I I don't think think so either.
0: Uh, We saw him skive off of a meditation retreat to hang out with Padme. That's true. Yeah.
1: Well, out of the six characters plus Rex in this episode, who makes the cut for Baywatch? Are
0: you saying it's time for Baywatch?
1: It's time for... Baywatch. And first, real quick, moment of silence. Rip King (sighs) Katuko. All right, now it's time
2: for Baywatch.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's time for Baywatch. Baywatch. Without giving this any thought, Mm -hmm. because I didn't think of a bay, my bay is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the avatar of light himself. And I came to that conclusion as we were talking about him, because my instinct was like, Qui-Gon is in this episode, and so Qui-Gon is Bay. <laughs> but I think it was so much more compelling that Obi-Wan was hitted against his apprentice mm-hmm. as this force for good, for the light, mm-hmm. as someone who could be used as a weapon against the darkness. And more and more as I'm thinking about that chessboard metaphor, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of Obi-Wan as this, like, white knight Mm. who is standing against the dark forces trying to hold them back and trying to be an avatar of goodness.
1: Without question, because as he is being held and Anakin is being forced to choose, he says, let him kill me, save Ahsoka, and Ahsoka doesn't say anything.
0: Yeah, which, you know, she's 15, Yeah, it's fine. She's like, I don't
1: want to sacrifice anything. I haven't even kissed a boy yet. Oh my
0: God, baby Ahsoka. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, Obi-Wan is very much the martyr, the one who's willing to sacrifice, the one who is willing to go the extra mile Mm -hmm. to be a force for good. And so my bae is Obey-Wan Kenobi. All right. Who is your bae?
1: I'm going to go with Ahsoka.
0: Mm. And
1: so firstly, the voice acting for Dark Ahsoka is awesome.
0: It's so good. She's so gleeful. She's
1: gleefully throwing herself at her death. Uh, I love the repair work she's doing at the end.
0: With her little...
1: Goggles and stuff. And then she grabs the keys and gets a little scooter and runs out and rescues Kenobi And is so brave
2: Mm -hmm. to go into this thing
1: and so far above and beyond her, especially considering that she had been made a creature of evil and killed. And moving forward, what does it mean for Ahsoka to have had the force energy of the light side of the force transferred through Anakin to her What's that going to do for her as a force wielder moving forward? It's such an interesting moment of growth for her.
0: I think that's so beautiful because not only did she get this life force from the daughter, the mm-hmm. embodiment of all that is light and good. Yeah, it was It like Anakin was the colander. Like it sieved <laughs> through this very powerful dark force too. Yeah. Because there is darkness in Anakin as well.
1: There is. And also... When Anakin faced the older version of himself, Mm. he fell to the dark side. And when Ahsoka faced the older version of herself, she was afraid. She was defensive, but she kept on her path.
0: Yeah. I forgot that Ahsoka was visited by the older version of herself just as Anakin was. Yeah. I wonder what that must have been like for her. To get to see, like, oh, this is what I'm gonna look like in five years or mm-hmm. whatever. Can yeah. you imagine, like, seeing your older self as a teenager? Like, would you be proud? Would you be afraid?
1: You know, I was actually sharing about this recently, and I was thinking about talking to a version of myself 10 years ago, you know, when I was 25, and would I ha- ask myself to make different decisions if I sat down? Because I've done a lot of stuff that I am not proud of. But I'm grateful for the decisions that led me to where I am.
0: I think that's such a good point because Mm -hmm. anytime people ask me, like, what lesson would you give to your 25-year-old self or Mm -hmm. anything like that? I'm like, nothing. I would let my 25-year-old self make every single decision the same way.
1: And that is why the father can't tell Anakin anything.
0: Oh. Because Anakin
1: can't have the wisdom unless he earns it, because that's the way wisdom works.
0: Oh, okay. That resonates. That feels absolutely correct.
1: You have fallen into my trap.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of of the challenge that the father poses to Anakin Mm -hmm. during the arena scene. You must now release the guilt and free yourself by choosing. Mm Mm-hmm. I like to think that in my life, when I have chosen things, it has set me free Mm -hmm. because when I choose, I let go of the other options. Like I make decisions like jumping off of a cliff. Like once I go, there's no turning back.
1: There's something else in that quote, which is verbally the father is saying you must choose and the implications you must choose between Ahsoka and Kenobi. But the actual choice is, will you assume the mantle of power or not?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because if he does anything less than assuming the mantle of power, then he has chosen it. It doesn't matter whether he chooses light or dark.
0: Yeah. Really, the father's asking him to choose both.
1: And by choosing both, he's making a different decision. Mm. The father's a wise guy.
0: (laughs) Or as he calls himself, an old fool. So who's to say? I like that yeah. neither of us chose God for this Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty on brand. I'm,
1: after reading uh, Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth and seeing what God is all about in the stories, which I highly recommend them. It's it's funny to see a God figure in literature or in the universe and when they are fallible
2: mm-hmm. as
1: the father is. Uh, how rapidly your respect for a fallible being Renormalizes with your respect for other fallible beings. You're like, oh, it's just a super powerful being. They're still
0: just a like the rest of us. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit, a little bit more force juice.
1: So that is the Mortis arc.
0: The crazy thing, Sam, is that I have ten times more notes than even what we discuss. Like mm-hmm. I have. So much more to talk about, but we are out of time.
1: (laughs) So I think this arc adds a ton to the greater Star Wars body of work in the way that only these big meaty arcs in the middle of the Clone Wars can do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So next week, we're going to the Citadel.
0: Is it going to be as crazy as the last two arcs have been? It's back
1: to some old tricks.
0: Ooh, cool. We've
1: got clones. We've got fights. We've got good guys. We've got bad guys. This
0: arc has everything. It's
1: classic Star Wars running and gunning.
0: That sounds delightful. I'm a little bit ready to leave the celestial plane for a minute.
1: It'll be a nice change of pace back to original Star Wars Clone Wars
0: content. Delightful. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the Clone Wars Season 3, Episodes 18, 19, and 20.
1: Yeah, we're coming up on the end of Season 3 here. We're
0: chewing through Season 3. So. Pretty exciting.
1: Join us then and there.
0: Join us then and there. We'd like to make a little quick announcement. We were just named one of the Star Wars Podcasts to Watch by Feedspot, which is (laughs) a huge honor. Yeah. And Fiction Horizon also named us one of the best Star Wars Podcasts of 2021 which is also a huge honor. So
1: definitely also true of 2022. I hope
0: so. Fingers (laughs) crossed. Fingers crossed. So that is super, super exciting. And thank you to everyone who is listening and to all of our new listeners. We are just really excited to get to continue into the belly of the Clone Wars.
1: And make sure to leave a review and send us to the beings who embody the light and the dark in your life.
0: Mm, The great ambivalencies.
1: Play us for your pets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that too. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.